We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good Monday morning. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Uh, welcome back to my the podcast listeners, Facebook Live listeners and watchers, I guess, and then also to first-timers. Today's topic is listen up and improve company performance. <laughs> so I'm um, really excited about this, uh, uh, this, this uh, topic. And we've got, uh, we got some, for those of you on Facebook Live, you see some, some traffic in the background of Randy, my guest. <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's home, a son. Home, but uh, homeschool children. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm here with my uh, good friend and, and guest today, Randy Wilburn, Chief Encourager of Encourage, Build, Grow, his new leadership consulting business. Um, the topic of listen up, improve, and improve company performance, I, I feel, is a very important one. And, you know, when you talk about strategies to, to grow your business, they usually involve marketing strategies, creating new products and services, upgrading equipments, uh, you know, creating systems, reaching new markets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But how many times does the strategy actually involve listening to your stakeholders, uh, whether employees, uh, colleagues, customers, vendors, I mean, you name it? Um, that something as simple as, as that and learning how to listen well. I mean, not just listening to just words coming out of people's mouths, but really listening. And we're going to delve into that. It could be the most simplest thing you do, probably the most powerful thing you can do to improve the performance of your company. So I'm uh, pleased to have Randy Wilburn. Um, Randy, I've known Randy for I don't know how many years. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. I was going to say five, but then I just, when we talked no, earlier, you said you've been in that. Arkansas for four years, and I know I've known you years yeah. before that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, been almost 10, maybe, because uh, we started coming to HROC a long time ago. So. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, this year, what I thought I'd do is as I was trying to think of a guest to have on my podcast, I thought, you know what? I'm going to use this podcast as an excuse to catch up with people I haven't talked to in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. People that are doing good work that will actually, you know, make sense for this podcast, but of course, also to make an excuse to catch up on people I haven't talked to in a while. So, Randy's one of them. And so, Randy, thank you for, for coming on and making time to come on because I know you're in transition right now and we'll, we'll talk about that. But thank you for coming on today. Oh, man, it's, it certainly is my pleasure. And, and when you told me we were going to come and do this on April 1st, I thought maybe it was a joke, but... <laughs> It turned out to be the real deal. So I, I certainly appreciate you having me here, Robert. I'm a big fan of, you know, what you've done in the past and, and what you continue to do. And, and so uh, I certainly appreciate just getting to share this time with you in this format. Oh, great. Well, well thank you for coming on. Yeah, it is April 1st. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> so this is no joke. Uh, there is right. a podcast today. Um, and I think this topic is not going to be a, a joke either. So let me give a quick bio of Randy for those of you that don't know him. But Randy is the chief encourager of his new uh, consulting business, a consulting firm, Encourage, Build, Grow, a training and consulting firm for the architecture and in engineering industry. Um, excited about helping people and organizations achieve their goals and be the best they can be. He's got a desire to help those working in design firms achieve their stated and unrealized goals and objectives. Um, he's worked with AEC, Architect Engineering and Construction Management Firms, 
throughout the U.S. on a variety of needs, including training, executive search, recruiting, leadership strategies, strategic business planning, marketing, social media strategies, sales, and more. He's a graduate of Howard University and the Summer Leadership Institute at Harvard University. He's also a certified business coach and teacher in biblical entrepreneurship through Nehemiah Project. So that is Randy Wolf. So welcome, Randy. And uh, tell me, uh, you know, how did you get to this point of uh, being a, you know, tell us a journey a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. My, as I like to call it, my superhero origin story. Yeah. Um, well, I guess um, the long and short of it is where I find myself now. I'm 49 years of age. I, I, I'm, oh, true, nice. I'm a true Gen, Gen Xer. 50. And, yeah, almost uh, in July. But uh, I, I'm, I have, um, I'm now in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I have been for the last five years. Um, I came here ostensibly to work with a former colleague of mine who took over a company that I used to be an owner of. And so two things you should never say. You should never say never, and you should never say I would never move to Arkansas because both of those things happened to me <laughs> and, and, and in the same fold. I would I, That I would never go back and work for a company I used to work for. I did that. And that in, and in my wildest dreams that I ever realized I would be going to Arkansas, and I did. And, and so here I am. I find myself in Faithful, Arkansas, five years in, and I absolutely love it. Um, I was working with a management consulting firm doing a lot of the same work that I'm doing now through Encourage, Build, Grow, but I was doing it for this firm, focusing on leadership development, communication, and I was doing a little bit of personal development, but now I've kind of more hyper-focused on that because I realize uh, the importance of individuals finding a way to fully develop themselves and be the best that they can be. Um, and so that, that is a, that's one of the most important things to me now in terms of what I do. That's why I call myself a chief encourager. And I also, uh, through discovering, you know, I don't know if you've read that book by Simon Sinek, start with why, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. kind of found my why within the context and framework of what I do and what I like to do. I've been called an encourager all my life, but I finally found the language for, for what it really meant and how it would applied in in a business environment and so you know my why is simply to encourage and educate others so that they may be the best versions of themselves and uh and, and that that includes me right because i'm trying to encourage and educate myself on a daily basis as i know you are mm -hmm. to become the best version of yourself and i yeah. think that's the that to me is 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 a, is probably one of the noblest pursuits that you can have and each one of us has our own unique why that gets to stop out of, out of bed every day. And mm -hmm. so whatever value I can bring to your audience or anybody else that I'm spending time with, my goal is to encourage and educate them on any topic that I'm focusing on. And I try to keep it very tight, tightly focused so that um, I can bring the, the greatest amount of value possible. Great. Well, thank you. And so you're, the, you're an encourager. So who encourages you? <laughs> who encourages me? <laughs> uh, I, I am highly encouraged by my wife, um, right. who basically gave up her career um, to be the mother of my three three boys. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a fourteen year old, a twelve year old, and an eight year old. Uh, the eight year old's the only one that stays at home right now. He's homeschooled, but he'll be going to school next year. But yeah, she's my hero. I mean, honestly, she's my hero. Awesome. She's my encourager. Uh, I have some 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 individuals, some men in my life, and some women in my life that are spiritual heroes of mine. And 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 then the other big hero for me, he's not here any longer, but was my grandfather. Mm. He played an indelible role on my life from the time I was an infant when he mm. carried me through Newark Airport. 
uh, five days old. That was back in the day when people didn't care. They would just bring a baby on a plane like newly born. Nowadays, nobody does that. Yeah. But I, my mother, literally, I was born in Richmond, Virginia. My mother, literally, five days after I was born, she took, swaddled me up in some blankets and flew me up to Newark Airport so that I could be with uh, her parents, my grandparents, because um, they lived in northern New Jersey. And all my mother remembers is that as soon as she literally got off the plane, my grandfather just grabbed me and started running through the airport, showing everybody his <laughs> first grandchild. It was a big deal. This, yeah, cool. this was July of 1969. So, yeah. Uh, but yes, he is a giant in my eyes for, for more reasons than one. And I'll, I'll, I, don't, I can't tell his whole story because we don't have the time for it, but I will say this. The reason why my grandfather is so, in, in my mind, is so instrumental in terms of everything he was able to do was simply for the fact that he never gave up. He never gave up. He never quit. And he didn't realize his real dreams and goals until he was 54 years of age. Mm -hmm. In 1962, he became the first black network news correspondent with ABC yeah. News, which was awesome. a big deal with the network. And so, that on Facebook. That's yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. And so it, it is. And, and, and not only that, but he then was able to cut his teeth on what at the time was one of the biggest um, news stories, period, the closest we've ever come to a nuclear war, which is the Cuban Missile Crisis. And, um, you know, he never looked back after that. And he was 54. For mm -hmm. a lot of people nowadays, they're 54, they're thinking about retirement. And that was just, I mean, it wasn't him. He literally worked for another 30 years. Wow. And the only reason he stopped working was because we had to take his keys away from him and he wasn't able to drive into the United Nations every day. True mm -hmm. story. And so he's my hero because he never gave up. And, you know, should he have been a reporter much earlier in his life? Okay, you could say that. I mean, um, certainly the color of his skin was a challenge at that point in time. And, you know, life has changed a lot for, for African-Americans, especially in the, the area of broadcast journalism. But, I mean, everything that he was able to do, and he did it with a smile. He did it with a grace. And I just, I just, um, I, I'm just awestruck. And I think about, I literally think about him, Robert, every single day mm -hmm. and the impact he makes. And, you know, a lot of times people say, well, what would Jesus do? And I certainly question that in my mind on a, reg a regular occasion. But I always wonder, what would Mal do? My grandfather's first name was Mal Good. Was, his first name was Mal, my last name Good. But honestly, I think, what would Mal do? And that's how I kind of govern myself and what I do on a regular basis. Wow, sounds like I know that, quite I know an that's a lot. <laughs> well, no, I think that's uh, you know I think when you said about your why, I mean, it sounds like the why really came from from, from your grandfather because I think he modeled yeah. something for you. Yeah, and, um, absolutely, that's awesome, and you can live that out. And you may not be the journalist that he was, but you're doing podcasts, and so you're gonna you're gonna kind of make the same kind of impact and um, just in what you do. So I think you know, obviously, you're just starting out, but you know, who knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the hope. That is the hope. We'll see what happens. We'll see what so happens. cool. Well, let's talk about active listening um, <laughs> to improve company performance. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we were joking earlier when you're describing what active listening is about. So I said, oh, so it's more than just, uh, uh, it, it's kind of like uh, when my wife says, honey, are you listening to me? You know, I'm like, well, yeah, I heard what you said. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I don't think that's active listening. But uh, so why don't well, you yeah, talk it, a little bit it, about that and how does that lead to improving company performance? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, well, you, if you work in a company, especially from a leadership perspective, if you're a leader um, managing other people or leading other people, you can't do a great job if you're not 
truly listening to the people that you have charge over. And I think active listening to me represents a lot of things, but succinctly, and as I was talking to you earlier about this, people talk about hearing things and people talk about listening. And I usually relate the two, and I, I heard this from somebody else, so I can't lay claim to this, but the act of hearing is actually when you hear with your head and you hear with your ears. It's the physical act of hearing something. Mm-hmm. Um, the act of listening is when you listen with your soul. There is a difference. Um, and, and, the, and, the, and the simplest way that I can, I can describe this is that, you know, chickens hear really well. <laughs> so we must all endeavor to be better than chickens, right? <laughs> we must figure out a way to listen better. And I say that kind of in jest, but I don't. I mean, chickens really do have good hearing. But as, as human beings, we have to process and listen more intently and take time to understand what's being said to us. And, you know, we see it every day and I don't want to get political, but we, we see it on social media, the lack of people listening. People are just yelling back and forth at each other and they're not really interacting and really taking in what the other side uh, mm-hmm. thinks. So mm-hmm. I care what you think, Robert, even if I don't agree with you mm-hmm. and I, I can only understand your position if I listen to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. If all I'm doing is letting you talk so that I can wait to respond there's no listening being involved. There's no listening happening. And we see that in the business workplace all the time. Businesses, I've talked to people till I'm blue in the face about the importance of making sure as a leader, as a manager, especially when you have people that you are in charge of, making sure that these individuals hear you clearly and that they understand exactly what you're trying to communicate to them. And then more importantly, beyond what, what you're trying to say to them, they need to be. They need to feel like they have. They are being heard all the time by the people that are responsible for what they do and for their success. And I, I you know, in the business environment as a whole, because this is something that a lot of human beings struggle with most: struggle with listening versus hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 just are not able to to have to have the outcome that we would we would want to have, which is you know we have a conversation like I described earlier and. I'm able to take in exactly what you're saying and then process back to you my understanding of your words to make sure that I've got everything correct. Like I said, and, and, and you know, Stephen Covey said, said it best, seek first to understand, then, you, then to be understood. And you know, I, I love some of Covey's maxims, but that's one that's perfect because we don't take time to understand the other party that we're interacting with. Right. We just want our piece to be heard, and then we go from there. I've got it off my chest. I don't have to worry about it. So active listening is really important. It's important, it, and, and as you joked earlier, but but it's not really a joke. It's important in relationships with couples, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. I have many a times been accused of only hearing my wife and not truly listening to her, and I've been guilty. I've mm-hmm. been guilty. And then there are times when I have said, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I've re- responded back to her, you know, in, in kind, um, what her feelings or sentiments were to make sure that I fully articulated them. And again, whether it's between couples, whether it's between a boss and a subordinate or anything along those lines, active listening will go a long way in building trust and empathy with the people that are most important to you, especially in your work environment which are the people yeah. that either work for you or that you work for. So, 
Yeah, because typically, as you're as you're talking, you know, typically when we're we're, we're not really listening because we're just really reacting. And so, yeah, someone says something, especially if it's something that might be uh, counter to what you know what, what I'm what I'm talking about. Um, you're just the other person is usually just reacting, not really listening, trying to understand, um, no clarifying questions, right? So. What are, you know, what are, what's maybe an example or situation as a leader, as a leader of the company, um, what are ways that, or what examples or situations where, you know, not actively listening kind of gets us in trouble as a leader? Um, I don't know if you so, have anything. Yeah, I have a couple of examples of that. Um, mm-hmm. One is just, you know, being, a, being open enough to talk with people about everything that they're dealing with, right? Dealing with the whole person and not just the part of the person that can, can ultimately make you money, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're an amazing speaker and all I care about is your ability to get up on that stage and speak for my organization, but I'm not really listening to some of the challenges that you're going through or maybe some of the personal issues that you're dealing with that because we're all human beings, we even bring that stuff to work and we don't Mm -hmm. listen intently, Mm -hmm. um, then I'm missing out on an opportunity not only to help you out, but also to engender trust to show you that I have, as a leader, I have empathy and that I understand what you're going through because too often we try to compartmentalize our personal and professional lives. Mm-hmm. And I think as a leader, that is the mistake. I think you, it, it goes, it can go a long way in terms of getting people that will go the distance for you, that will go to the mat, that will take a bullet for you. Mm-hmm. If you are actively listening and you understand and they, and they can dis- dem- you can demonstrate that you understand where they're coming from. And too often that doesn't happen. And a, and another, and a really good case in point of that is like when you go into meetings, a lot of times say you're the leader of a meeting and you go in with five other people to have a marketing meeting. Instead of establishing your point of view right from the start as a leader, you're better off going around the room and getting everybody's thoughts about things and listening to what they're saying about whatever topic or idea or problem you're trying to solve. Because what will happen as a leader is if you go in and you set the standard for what's going to be discussed and how it's going to be discussed, people are just going to parrot what what you do and say as opposed to getting uniquely individual thoughts from each person and actively listening to what they have to say and then weighing in at the end once you've had a chance. Because you can't, as a leader, you can't weigh in on what anybody else at the table thinks until you've heard them. So if you start by talking first, then you miss out on a tremendous opportunity to let everybody share their viewpoint so that you can listen to them intently and then as the leader, what you have every right to do, respond, but your response is based on information that you now hold that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And that to me is really important. I mean, that's the difference between, you know, you as a leader, just setting the standard. And that doesn't mean leaders cast vision. Of course we get that, but there is a give and take there. But on top of that, Every leader has, every good leader has vision. I shouldn't say every leader because every leader doesn't have vision, but every good leader has vision. And, and in order to see something come to pass, they need to make sure that everybody that's around them that's, that's part of the team has to have a voice in what that leader's trying to do. Otherwise, it's always hard. You know, you're pushing something up a hill as opposed to pushing it down a hill. It's Mm -hmm. easier when you have everybody behind you pushing an object versus you by yourself pushing an object up the hill. 
Sure. You know, so I mean that when you think of it that way, that that's the difference. So it almost sounds like you're, you're spending less time trying to convince people about your vision versus just listing and let them talk it out. Um, because a lot of times people will, even if they're disagreeing at first, as we're talking it out and letting them process and just being a sounding board, that eventually everybody kind of starts to say, okay, everybody kind of tends to maybe start to agree with, with the vision, but maybe they had to flesh out some things that they weren't unsure, they were unclear about or just weren't sure about, mis- miscommunication, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. right. So it's almost like instead of trying to spend a lot of time talking and convincing people, it's, but if you spend time listening, then maybe you'll get to the crux of the problem that can be addressed and maybe just simple miscommunication or something like that. I mean, that's just as an example. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a, that's, that is a good way to put it. And, like, here's the thing. No vision is perfect, right? So mm-hmm. the idea is that every leader needs input to be able to help their vision come to mm-hmm. life. You can't yeah. do it by yourself. You can't surface it on your own as a leader because then, then you're not a leader. You're just a party of one. Um, and so the, the idea here is that you want to get everybody's input, even if you don't necessarily agree with it, you want to get everybody's input. You want to get up. Cause again, if you get people to really open up, you'd be surprised at the level of information and influence, especially if they're dialed into what your organization is doing. You'd be surprised at the level of information and influence that they will have on what you're trying to do to move the company forward. Mm -hmm. And too often, I think leaders miss out on that opportunity by trying to be so vocal, so outspoken, and so me first in the mentality of getting my information out there versus me letting other people talk first and to listen intently uh, to understand everybody's position and then sharing after that. And it's just, it's not, it's not easy. I know people that are listening to this are going to be like, man, you just don't understand this. this is, it's hard to do. I get it. <laughs> I get it. We, we all struggle with, with active listening, but they, you either are going to deal with the listening sins that exist out there of constantly one upping, try, trying to one up people, um, interrupting people, um, you know, not letting people finish or daydreaming. You, and you know what I'm talking about, Robert. You've talked to somebody. When you were talking to them, you could tell that they weren't even engaged in what you were saying. Or yeah. they took something that you said and they, in their mind, were already processing it and thinking about a response or thinking about something else. And that's called active daydreaming while listening. And right. that's not listening. Right. That's the listening sin. And right. there are others. There are other listening sins out there. But I mean, those are just a couple that come to mind when I think about the challenges in the, in the, 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 the listening fails that we experience on a regular basis in our work environments and in our home life, too. So it goes each way. And yeah. listen, the, the whole active listening thing has has really caused me to look differently at how I process and communicate with my children. It has made it, it has helped me to process uh, how I communicate actively with my colleagues and, and because we're on a podcast, we're on a, on a Facebook live, it has helped me to um, ask better questions. Mm-hmm. 
in, in the podcasting process, right? Where I'm, I shut up a lot more now than I ever did. And I've been doing <laughs> podcasting for years. I mean, like I've been, I mean, this is not my first rodeo with podcasting, but you know, I have two that just came out, but I had one before that with the firm that I just left. And then before that I was doing podcasts in early, you know, 2010, 2011. So wow. I, it's not, it's not my first rodeo. I've been doing this for a while, but I've gotten better at interviewing. I've gotten better at listening because yeah. I've been more intentional about becoming a better active listener. And everyone, even myself, at 48, 49 years of age, can become a better listener. It's not one of those things where, you know what, I just, that's, that's too far gone for me to go down that road. You could be 70. You can improve your listening <laughs> skills. Seriously, I think, I think yeah. it can work. Yeah. So, and you're, I remember you're the first ones I remember mentioning about podcasts and you got to listen to these podcasts. I remember you talking about, it. it's like, yeah, yeah. God, I don't know. I don't have time for this. <laughs> and then, and the next day I know I get asked to do this podcast and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I've never done a podcast. I don't even listen to podcasts. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny how I'm, I'm doing this, but you know, going back to the active listening and, and listening to feedback from, from your stakeholders, from your employees, you know, you will get a better plan to help fill, you know, help, uh, reach your vision as a, as a leader of the company, when you get that additional input, um, I think one of the, one of the challenges is I think sometimes leaders, they take input sometimes as criticism because yeah. my plan's not perfect. Um, but the reality is it's people trying to help craft a, a better plan to, to reach the vision that you're trying to lay in front of them. And if you accept that, you will create a better plan because, you know, we're not, we can't have perfect vision individually. <laughs> right, but collectively. Plus, what's the benefit of having input from your team is that they're going to own it, <laughs> right? If you're implementing Absolutely. things that they're talking about, um, they're going to own it, and you're just going to have better results as opposed to you just trying to push down the agenda, right? Right. So, right. Well, yeah. So. I mean, nobody has cornered the market on good ideas. Everybody's <laughs> got good. Everybody has got good ideas, yeah. and I think a good leader will will defer their ideas to hear what other people are thinking because every now and then you 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 chance upon somebody else that actually has an idea that's better than yours mm-hmm. oh my gosh you know so it's like <laughs> wow okay you know what maybe i should take this idea and as a leader you have the right to co-opt that into the bigger picture of what you're trying to do yeah. that's what yeah. leaders do yeah right and then yeah. you show that person now you got to show that person some love you can't just take their idea and actually get <laughs> copyright no, it's like well, Bob <laughs> shared this with me. Terry shared this with me. They had a great idea. Now that I've I've gotten their input and feedback, now I here's what I'm thinking. I was originally thinking X, now I'm thinking Y. Mm-hmm. Because the information that they shared with me really added to what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. So my idea actually was, you know, it was okay, but now that they I've gotten their input and thoughts and ideas when we marry it together with, with this little piece that I was doing here, it's so much better, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so much better because of the, the information that they had to add. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, sorry can, about that. Oh, no problem. I, this is like that CNN uh, interview. Um, right. so, so, so I can hear, you know, some people listening, they go, well, you know, sounds like active listening takes time. I don't, I don't have time <laughs> to, 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 to listen to this feedback. So number one, what do you say about that? But then also, how do we, you know, if we're not used to being an active listener, what are things that you're going to be doing? Because obviously this is going to be a new skill. <laughs> so, so what is one or two 
um, nuggets that you can say for people to start practice being a good active listener. So what, what, do you, what do you say about the lack of time for people that say, oh, I don't have time to really listen to my people? And then number two, yep. what, can we, what can we do to become a better listener? Yeah, I don't think people are going to like my response to your first question, which is simply, if you don't have time as a leader to be an active listener and to really engage your people in that way, then you're not really a leader. You might be a manager. There is a difference, Robert. I mean, <laughs> right. there is a difference between a leader and a manager. Mm -hmm. People will go... So, And here's the difference. If you're a true leader, if people know that you have empathy, that you listen to what they have to say, that you legitimately care about them from that perspective... They're going to take a bullet from you all day long. They'll even they'll even uh, allow people to you know um, I mean they they'll they'll do anything for you if you're just a manager but you're known as the guy or gal that doesn't really listen or doesn't take into consideration any of the people that are on their team and what they have to say. These people are only going to give you what's absolutely necessary and nothing more. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference. Mm -hmm. And if I'm working with someone, if I'm working with a team, I want, I want, I'm giving 110 and I'm going to bring it all. I want them to bring it all. And I can only do that and engender that type of support if they know that I care like that and mm -hmm. I listen. So my encouragement is simply, we don't have a choice. And time, yes, you could argue time all day long. I mean, from a personal development standpoint, we struggle with managing our time to begin with. Mm -hmm. We are the biggest time wasters that there are sure. out there. Yeah. So I think we need to figure out ways to work more efficiently. Mm -hmm. And um, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, that's a great book to get for people that just want to get a better handle on their time. So if you can mm -hmm. come, anybody that comes and tells me about, well, I just don't have the time to listen. I just need people to do what I need them to do. <laughs> what, what you're telling me is that I really don't have systems in place that allow me to be present when I need to be present, mm -hmm. right? And that's essentially what it is. And um, that's a hard conversation to have with people because nobody wants to be called to the carpet and told that, hey, you don't manage time to begin with in a good way anyway. Yeah. So yeah, yeah your natural response is always going to be, I don't have time for that. That's because you just don't know what the heck you're doing. Mm -hmm. You need to gain control of your time. And if you don't, then you, you're constantly always going to be running from one fire to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you say you don't, when you don't take the time to actively listen and communicate well, um, there's going to be probably more mistakes. And that's where the fires come in. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I didn't forget, I didn't forget the second part of your question was yeah. how do we get better at that? Mm -hmm. uh, there is a really cool exercise that people can do in groups or teams um, in their work environment. And here's what I would simply suggest that you do. And this is, this requires you to take some time and maybe you could do like a brown bag lunch or, like a, a working exercise where you come up with a bunch of topics that you want to discuss and they, they can be topics that are, you know, fairly um, important topics. So maybe um, for instance, like you could talk about abortion, capital punishment, uh, a number of additional, really light additional topics. topics that were, what's that? <laughs> really light topics. No, no. And that's, no, it's purposefully you want to talk about heavy topics because pe everybody has an opinion, right? Mm -hmm. Robert, everybody yep. has. The idea here is not so much to glean uh, is to make light of those topics. The idea, though, is for individuals to take a time. And essentially what, what I would do is I would give people, say, 10 topics on an index card at a lunch and learn, and I would have them sit down and look at the topics and choose a topic that they want to talk about. Then they would talk about it in groups of twos. So like you and I were talking, say you talk about abortion. So I'm going to listen to you for three minutes, talk about abortion, and I'm going to listen to you. I'm not going to say a word. 
I can't respond to you in any other way except to nod my head and acknowledgement. I'm just going to listen to you. Then I'm going to give back to you what you shared with me based on that information as opposed to injecting how I feel about things mm. to say, hey, did I understand this correctly? This is what you said and why I never thought of it that way. And then you kind of go on and on, whatever topic it is. Mm. And then you switch roles and then you become the listener and I become the talker. And I talk about a topic that's, that's, that I've chosen to talk about for three minutes. And then you take a minute and you recant back to that individual exact recite back to that individual, you know, what they said and what your understanding was that, uh, of it was. And maybe you can ask additional questions at that point, but it just shows you that you're listening mm-hmm. and that you're not just waiting to respond. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. So that's a great exercise that you can do. It's a real simple exercise. I've done it in large groups. I've done it in small groups and it's actually a lot of fun because uh, and I actually enjoy participating when, whenever I do this because it allows me to just practice my listening skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's good. And then and it's going to be hard for people that you know want to respond to just listen. <laughs> but exactly. that's a good way to practice. You right? have to be quiet for three minutes. <laughs> don't look over there. Don't does look it, over there. Does it look come straight with ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they can't move. They can't move. So. Yeah, and don't sit there with your arms folded listening because yeah. body language, like I said to you earlier, body language is everything as well. And if if as a manager, as a leader, you come and talk to somebody and you're standing in their cubicle and they're trying to explain something to you and you're sitting there with your arms folded, well, that's telling me right away you're not you're not really listening to what yeah, I have right, to say. Right. You're not receiving. You're actually blocking. I mean, physically, mm-hmm. it's it's almost the act of blocking mm-hmm. whatever's coming out of the other person's mouth. Right, so. Right. You know, you have to basically be in a position, even from a body language perspective, to receive what somebody has to say. Really important. I mean, Richard Branson talks about this a lot. And, you know, I I follow him a lot. I've read his biography. I mean, I think he's an amazing individual, but he talks about the importance of being present with people to be able to understand where they're coming from and what's yeah. important to them, which is why he doesn't allow, he doesn't allow computers in any of his meeting rooms. Yeah. And you have to check your phone at the door. Like you can't even bring a phone into a meeting with Richard Branson. Mm. The only thing you can bring in is a pen and a, and a, and a, and a, and a notebook. Like what mm. I have here. This is right. it. So, <laughs> seriously. Well, Hey Randy, so, I really enjoyed this conversation. And is there one last piece of encouragement that you can give to the leaders listening that uh, will, so that they practice active listening um, to improve the performance of their, of their business? Yeah. You know, I would say that, um, Work on it on a regular basis. Be a student of what active listening is. There's a lot of really good examples online. You can go to YouTube. Um, there's some good books out there uh, that would be worth checking out. And, um, you know, I'd highly recommend that you really take time to develop your listening skill. And there's actually one book. And uh, if you indulge me, I will um, I will give you the name of that book because I think it is uh, it's well worth anybody in the audience checking it out. And that book is simply, um, it, it's called, let's see, what is the book called? Um, uh, all right, here we go. It's called Life or Death Listening. And Life or Death D- Listening? Yeah. Life or Death Listening by Dan, D-A-N, Oblinger, O B. 
L-I-N-G-E-R. And I'll send you a link for it. But um, uh, he is, he's actually a hostage negotiator. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, the guy is amazing. But here's the thing. Hostage negotiators have to listen, have to listen. (laughs) And there's another book out by, uh, there's another book out called never split the difference, which is, which is also another really, really good book on negotiation. And in there are a lot of exercises about the importance of listening because every good hostage negotiator, Dan, including, um, and the individual that wrote this other book I was mentioning, um, they are able to, to understand what next steps should be taken by virtue of the fact that they're able to listen intently to the person on the other end of that phone mm-hmm. that, that may have a hostage, um, mm-hmm. that may have a bomb. I mean, there are just a number of issues there, and it's a life or death situation. Yeah. Listening, real listening, is a life or death situation. Yeah, I mean, that's a definite conflict issue, right? Conflict, the, yeah. the big conflict resolution, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Ultimate I mean, conflict. You, yeah. You have to be able to, um, you have to be able to do that. So. Wow. Makes yeah. sense. So, so, Hey, thanks for sharing your wisdom today. And uh, what's, I, what's a way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Yeah. They can always check me out at Randy, R A N D Y at encourage, build, grow, just like it sounds.com. That's my email address. Uh, my website is encouragebuildgrow.com as well. And uh, the podcast is out on iTunes, Encourage, Build, Grow. And I also have another podcast, which is I Am Northwest <laughs> Arkansas, for anybody that wants to learn more about Northwest Arkansas. So all right. uh, those are all available <laughs> on iTunes or anywhere that you find great podcasts like the current podcast that we're on. So, cool. uh, so yeah, I appreciate the shout out, but people can call me or contact me if they have any questions. And uh, if there's anything I can do for any of your audience, uh, I'll be more than happy to do that. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Randy Wilburn, R-A-N-D-Y-W-I-L-B-U-R-N. So. Great. Hey, thanks, Randy. We'll have to do this again, and we can't wait another four years or something to connect. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I got to come back out there and see you. Get a SoCal. Come on. Absolutely. Um, so, hey, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have any other business questions or topics you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com, or just go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. And then tune in again next week as we go live once again. So thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fakui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.